Hello, my fans, friends. Welcome to the Rich Terring podcast feed, powered by ACAS Plus. Thanks to everyone who's come to see the Can I Have My Ball Back tour so far. It's been going really well. I've got a four-star review in The Standard, four-star review in The Telegraph, who once called me the worst comedy experience of the year, so that's a turnaround. Uh, people have been coming, people have really been enjoying it, and it's getting better and better. The only gigs this week are both in Pocklington, the town I was born in, near York. Uh, there's a couple of tickets left for the evening show and a few more tickets left for the matinee, I think about 4.30. But love to see you there, Yorkshire. Pop along. Check richardherring.com slash ballback slash tour or richardherring.com slash gigs to see if I'm coming near to you. There are tickets left for nearly every show in the tour. I think Norwich has sold out. Uh, and a couple of gigs in London could do with your support as well. Anyway, please listen to the podcast. Do spread the news about the podcast to your friends. Listen as much as you can. Numbers are slightly down, which may affect the future of this podcast. So just leave it playing, even if you're not in the room. Love you. <laughs> now sit back, relax and enjoy whatever it is you're going to listen to. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Well, hello, my fine, fine friend and or listener who I don't like. You could be either. I don't know. Welcome to another Retro Rahalastapa. We're pumping them out at the moment. Just giving you a chance to catch up on our back catalogue or listen for the first time if you are a new listener to some brilliant podcasts from the past. There's so many there. It, it can be overwhelming to look there and think, which one shall I listen to next? Do go through the back catalogue. Do listen to any ones you think might be exciting. But do remember, it's not always the big names that are the best podcasts. So do check out as many as you can. This one is with Joel Domit again at a point before he really achieved his huge ITV success. I mean, he's a proper big celebrity now. It'd be interesting to get him back to talk about that. But he's very honest in this. He's very funny uh, and tells a story of how he was catfished. Uh, and he still managed to survive, turned it to his advantage. As a comedian, something terrible happens to you, like, I don't know, let's say losing a testicle, and you think, hooray, I can make a living again. Uh, so Joel has a similar story to that, though a bit more, um, well, he didn't lose a testicle, but he lost a bit of semen, I suppose. Anyway, let's sit back, relax, and enjoy this retro Rahalastapa do spread the news about these to your friends. Retweet. Put it on TikTok. I don't know what you do these days. MSN Messenger. Tell your friends on MSN Messenger about it if you can. All right. Enjoy this. Hello, 
Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has committed many crimes, but the police will never catch him. It's Richard Herring! Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, you're much better than last week's audience. So, it's welcome to the show. <laughs> welcome. Welcome to uh, the, the, uh, the show, this podcast. It is called, as you'll know, uh, Richard Herring's Large Size Telescope Podcast. It's just a podcast. There's now we changed the brief of it. It's just going to be about telescopes, but large, large size ones. We're not interested in little telescopes. I don't have to tell you. <laughs> What size those are going to be. Uh, though I was talking to some Klingon-speaking Star Trek fans, uh, and they said, Nuktach or Pushpai! Which means, where's the bathroom? But when they came back from the bathroom, uh, they said, then you all needed a wee. Uh, they call it Rahulist of us. I don't know. I said, oh, that's going to catch on. So we're going to meet some of our uh, audience. We've got a, a chippy, beardy man in the front row. Uh, so who works in IT? What's your name, sir? Your name's David Frew. Oh, you're the man who's... I know who you are. This is a man... This is a man who has to pretend to be David Frew this week because David Frew, the nuclear physicist, couldn't use his tickets. And so, this is... You look a little different than I remember. Is the beard, is the beard a new thing? Um, what do you... I would leave, let's, pretend, let's pretend you have an alternate character. What's your actual name? Twan. Twan, it is Twan. Is that your actual name? What's the, what's the name that it's shortened from? Oh, Antoine. I've, you know, I've never questioned that. I've, I've communicated with you quite a lot in, over the years, uh, and I've never worked that out. What do you do for a living working in IT? Uh, in, uh, yes. Yes, you work in IT. <laughs> is, this your, is this your guest here this evening? Yes. Wow. This is <laughs> <laughs> how did? Well, how has this happened? How is this? How do you know a woman? <laughs> What relation is this lady to you? She's just a friend. She's just a friend. That's, 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 that's how it's going to stay, isn't it? Yeah, it's always... He's got your front row tickets. Look, he's got a lovely beard. What's your name? Sophie. What do you do for a living, Sophie? I've just been fired. You've just been fired? Me too. What were you doing before you got fired? You work in the radio, so I just got fired from writing a TV script. You and me are very similar. And so things that you've fallen on such hard times. You're still a very beautiful woman. You don't have to hang around with this guy. So it's, it's fine. However low your self-esteem is today, you're, you're better than that. You're better than him. No offence. It's just... It's just reality. Love to see you. Thank you for coming along to the show. I hope... I hope things, I hope Why did you get fired? Were you bad? Did you do something wrong? Um, I just wasn't very good. You weren't very good. <laughs> you have to be really bad to get fired from the media. So it's a mess. <laughs> it's a very, good luck in finding. Are you looking for a new job in radio? No. What are you going to? What area are you going to move into? Freelance. Freelance. I mean, that isn't a job, though. Just be free. <laughs> I was, oh, well, I'm sorry to hear. I got, I got. I know how much it hurts because I got. I was doing a writing job and I got basically sacked. They told me I was really great, but they didn't want anything that I'd written. Uh, so, if I'd been them, I'd just said, "Yeah, it's great. We're just going to get the other guys to have a look at it, and then not." I wouldn't have told me that I was bad. I would just let me find out when they turned on the telly to watch my episode. Uh, so that's what I'd have done. It's a cruel business. It's a cruel business. You'll be fine. I'm telling you, you're going to be fine. Stick with Twan. <laughs> 
stick with. I just find it it's so unlikely that you two have even ever met. That is, that is what that's. Um, but it's, it's great. It's great that you're friendly. Uh, so um, we're <laughs> going to move on to another weird man now. Uh, it's, uh, he's probably best. My next guest. This sorry, my only guest. <laughs> nearly gave it away. Sorry, we covered it. We covered it. He's probably best, and the reason you're here tonight is to see him because he's best known for being on Celebrity Lego Masters at Christmas. Not the rest of the year. No idea why that is. Will you please welcome Joel Domit, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Celebrity Lego Master. Come in. Sit down. That's your, that's your pen. I, t- I, t- thank, your pen. Thank I don't, I don't want to walk much. away with your pen. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's lovely to have you here. What was Celebrity Lego Masters? I missed that. It was on at Christmas. Yeah, I got that from the title. It was it's on at Christmas. It was, all in the, it was all in the title. And uh, you got given a child just for the episode. Uh, okay. <laughs> Not for the whole life. Was it and Christmas 1975? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> As they say, a child is not just for Christmas. And, um, and then you got given a child and you have to make Lego. And um, basically, you, the child is good at Lego. That's okay. the idea. And then you get, they get celebrities in to <laughs> fuck it up. Okay. And, but that's a really bad idea because the kids take it really seriously. And then you get Joe Swash just going... Bah! And the kid's like, what the fuck are you doing? This is my life! trying to win this fucking show, Joe! <laughs> and so it's, uh, it's quite a weird show to be on, really. It's okay. just sort of angry kids and, um, <laughs> and celebrities enjoying themselves way too much. <laughs> and, uh, Did you win? It's, uh, no, I think we came second. Oh, I story think, of your life. It's, sorry. <laughs> That was amazing. <laughs> was so, uh, I don't know whether you guys know, but I was in a show called I Was Celebrity. Uh, yes, well, let's quit. That's quite, that was uh, quite a bold decision to go on I'm a Celebrity, wasn't it? Because, yeah. A, you weren't really one. And B. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, that, that's the fact. <laughs> I, I went on I Was Celebrity Get Me Out of Here and it wasn't until like, they got me out of there that I became a celebrity. <laughs> it was a very odd show to be in. It, it, was, it was bold for, a, for a, an up-and-coming... I don't think yeah. any up-and-coming comedians had... No, but that's what I really meant. It's a, it's a, yeah. it's a gamble to take because, you know, it's a massive exposure. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, it can go wrong, can't it? If you Absolutely. turn out to be secretly racist, that could be yeah. the end of your... <laughs> yes. If you don't know, you go, maybe I'm secretly racist. I don't think I am, but once you're in the jungle, <laughs> it comes out. They should call the show, Are You Secretly Racist? <laughs> yeah. And it just, it's like, because you don't... Honestly, you kind of don't know what's going to happen because you're just so hungry. And so everyone is sat there going, I, I mean, am I secretly racist? <laughs> and, and you get really hungry. You're, like, scared that... Um, luckily, I wasn't, which is great news for everyone. <laughs> and I, um, and yeah, so I, it, well, it was a gamble because I was kind of at that point where I was like, people were starting to sort of recognise my Edinburgh shows as being like, like, like okay and fun, and like, so I was getting like a really nice return customer from that, and I was like starting to get on stuff, and I felt like I was at the start of the, I was at the start of the bigger ladder, you know, and so this show was either going to make me jump to the top of a bigger ladder or fuck the ladder. Yeah. And um, so I... Uh, but I kind of decided to, to do it and it kind of turned out all right. Yeah, um, very much so. It's mainly because I kind of... We realised that it's... It was basically, I think, the only 
big show like that where you can, you're allowed to be a comedian on it. And I think there's a lot of comedians that it wouldn't work for. And, uh, the, you know, the secretly racist ones. But, like, it's, um, <laughs> but like for, for me, I'm quite upbeat and nice. And so, yeah, because there's no narrator on the show, there's, you just, I would go into that Bush Telegraph and I'd sit there for hours, hours, right. and just talk to the person. And I'd try to make up jokes every day. I tried to, like, write jokes for them and just talk to them. And I didn't show any of it, but it's like, it's just like... <laughs> and they just showed me to be secretly racist. It's really frustrating. <laughs> But I, um, yeah, and so they just, uh, you know, you could just talk. I, I tried to narrate the show. Right. And I didn't, I, didn't I, I was sort of like, why am I still in this? I can't believe I'm still in this. And then I, I saw one of the other contestants getting interviewed. They try and split you up. But then I saw one of them being interviewed and they were just like, oh, so how do you think the trial's going to go? And they were like, yeah, it's going to be all right. And you're like, <laughs> oh, I'm doing well because I give a funny answer. <laughs> yeah. And then that's, yeah. And then, but it's better that you come second, similarly with Emily. I think, because then you haven't got that thing of, like, king of the jungle or whatever. It's like you haven't got that hanging over your head. You can just kind of... It's like, yeah, I, th- I think it's... Hopefully I've tried to transcend it a little bit. Yeah. Transcend. What well, it, but it's all... It's, <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, I feel I've transcended it by not being on it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> totally. Totally. Absolutely. But it's, but it sends you down. I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a difficult thing to negotiate because you are obviously a stand-up comedian and you're still doing stand-up. Yeah. But it, it sends you into kind of different celebrity world. Yeah. Where, A, you know, your, your life, private life becomes a matter of tabloid interest. Uh, but also you're in a, a different sort of branch of entertainment as well. Yeah. So, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's that reality TV thing. But it's interesting because that's the only real way to get... As a young comedian, that's the only way to get yourself on to TV in any... Well, I think I, I kind of opened a new path, you know, because uh, when it's like... I'm sure it was different from you when you were sort of... You, you were a younger comedian. That sounded bad, but, like, you know... I was once. Like, I was young once. It's like, um, <laughs> but, like, you know, there's, there was a certain part... When I was sort of uh, starting out, there was basically one path, and that path was you do McIntyre's Roadshow, Alive of the Apollo... Mock the week, mock the week, mock the week, mock the week. You just keep doing mock the week until you sell out a tour, and then that that basically was kind of the the way. Yeah, and um, and that would I was kind of it was starting to get a bit burnt, and I, I wasn't on that mock the week sort of roster, and so I was, and I was, you know, I was getting on a few bits and bobs. So I was just kind of, I actually went to uh, I did my Melbourne Comedy Festival, and I saw a comedian called Joel Creasy, and he was in the show, and he then. Uh, in I'm sorry, get me out of here in the Australian one, and he then hosted the extra show afterwards, uh, the year after. And I saw did, a show. Did they send the Australians to the UK? It's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Wood in the UK. <laughs> yeah, they sent them to Croydon. Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> right, go survive, survive in the shopping centre. <laughs> um, <laughs> see if you can make it on the tram. <laughs> And uh, yeah, and so and he, 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 I saw his show, and it was it was great, and it was so fun. I was like, oh, I feel like this is kind of viable for a comedian, but I feel like everyone discounts it, uh, kind of just out of kind of a, you know, I feel like everyone kind of goes like, oh, reality TV, and that's fine. I get that people are like that, but actually, you can kind of just bring yourself to an entirely new market, and uh, hopefully, I did it 
without shaming myself too much, apart from getting my dick out, but like, like <laughs> apart from getting my dick out on the internet, everything else would seem, went pretty well. <laughs> Which I think is a pretty good thing. But even that, I mean, let's talk about that then, seeing that's uh, come up, so to speak. <laughs> I mean, but it, this is a this is a very modern kind of cautionary tale, but also, it's you know you've been caught doing something that m- most young people will have done at some point. At some point, and you haven't really. I mean, let's I mean, say you've all. Not, you've not. You actually, you know, you you're the victim of a, a crime, really. Yeah. You know, and you haven't done anything wrong. And I took it to the police, and they laughed at me. <laughs> <laughs> So, if people don't know, because I know you have talked about this a, a, a fair amount, but you, so you uh, were catfished, is yes. the, is the, the phrase. Term. I mean, you were quite stupid. Yes. I think naive. it's fair to say. Very naive. But it's just like, you know, I, I just, you know, I was, it was a long, quite a long time ago. And it, when some, a lady on the internet gives you some affection, and you're just like, well, all right, I'll get my dick out. Yeah. That's literally how I went. It was really funny. There was this documentary that came out recently, and it was like probably like six months ago, something like that. It was on Channel Four, and it was basically a guy who was investigating the same people that got me, and uh, same girl that got me. And uh, he came to one of my tour shows. He literally like banged on the door, the stage door, and I was like, "Who? who are you? And he said, "Can I interview you?" I've, it was like a real sort of like you know fly on the. I felt like I was sort of a, on one of those building traders right. <laughs> programs, and. Um, Rogue trader thing, and it, so he comes to and he said, "Can I interview?" I was like, "Yeah, all right." And it, it, which apparently I was told by my, my agent is the wrong thing to say. But <laughs> he sat down and we talked about it. He'd been uh, he'd uh, been catfishing exactly the same way, but he and he sat, it was it was so funny because he well, he sat with her, he was like really distressed about it clearly, and he was like, "Oh, so this lady she contacted me and." Um, we, we talked for probably back and forth for about 18 months before I finally got up the courage and I trusted her enough that I had Skype sex with her. Joel, how long did it take you before you trusted her? <laughs> and I just went, 20 minutes. And he, the look on his face was so, like, he was like, oh, no! <laughs> it was but so I funny. You, I laughed at his face. that's incredible. So, like, what... <laughs> I mean, it's, inc- it's incredible for him. I think it's more incredible for him, right? But also for the person doing it, right? It's, an, it's a huge amount of commitment. That's it. They have to pretend to be this person. They have to d- chat you up or chat with you for maybe 18 months, yes. which is ridiculous. And then the chances of them getting anything out of it, unless they just... Because, you know, you, if, if they, then, they then came to you, you got... You got Video. The thing that you should have spotted was when she said, "Oh, my, the microphone on my computer's broken," yes. uh, which is very similar to James Acaster with uh, when he was talking to Lembit Opic, uh, doing his his, his uh, shuffle thing. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he had his iPod shuffle thing, and Lembit Opic turned up and said, "Oh yeah, my iPod's broken f- for some reason, so I've got this other iPod only full of good songs." That's the difference between me and James yeah. Acaster. Like I'm talking to a person who I think's got. Boobs and he's talking to Lembert Oakley. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it might well be Lembert Oakley. Yeah, it probably was Lembert Oakley. Yeah, actually. I'm fairly. But like, so it's a massive commitment. Yeah. And that's you what... have to like watch a man masturbating, which maybe you're into, maybe you're not. Who knows? And then you're going to, some months later, it, was, it took a little while for them to get back to you. Yeah. And you were trying to contact the girl because you liked her and <laughs> wanted to do it again, I presume. <laughs> uh, and. Um, and then they say, you know, we want £3,000 or whatever. whatever yeah, it was something like that, and yeah. most people are going to go, well, 
No, because yeah. you'll just put the pictures up anyway, it's, won't you? There's no, there's no way, there's no way. So they're not really going to make much money out of it, and then they're investing all this time. And they ended up selling it for like fifty pounds, I think, online right. to like people to if they wanted to buy the whole video. Okay, um, yeah, it's still available. My book is also available, but the, um, <laughs> uh, but the. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell whether that's clapping or people <laughs> masturbating. <laughs> I don't know whether that's. Um, the, but I, uh, yeah, that's. I think genuinely the last message I said to them was like, I mean, I should be angry, but fair play to you. You've really played a hell of a game. Because <laughs> it's like, yeah, they, they've like. I mean, I suppose they're kind of making a living out of it, really. But are they? I mean, this just seems like, go and get a job, mate. This is a lot I of know. work. This is hard work. It's so uh, much and work. The, and it, you still have to look at Joel Domit masturbating. I know. And it's, it's like, I mean, it's really, difficult for me. Like, I mean, maybe that's... And I see it all the time. You know, you know, like, I mean, it must be hard when you listen back to your podcast. You're yeah. like, oh, my voice. Imagine <laughs> me looking at my own dick. I'm like, oh, I do it like that. Well, I don't... I don't listen back to these, so <laughs> <laughs> it's too embarrassing. I haven't. I'm, it is available online. I haven't seen you masturbating because uh, I didn't want to ruin it in case it happens in real life for me. So that, that, so, you know, I'm still. I'm just hoping that's that we'll... for the VIP customers who wasn't paid for. Well, we might, we might talk about that again later. But that's uh, uh, you're wearing a beanie hat while you're masturbating, I was which is embarrassing, a beanie. and I you was... had a. It was quite a grainy image, but you had a post, your own poster uh, behind you. Yeah. <laughs> luckily, <laughs> luckily behind you. I mean, if it had been that was the thing. It was no, so just quick. just to help me out, I'm gonna get that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Not really Every now and again, I looked around at my four-star review. <laughs> <and all that. laughs> my fake four-star review from the Guardian. <laughs> Yeah, it was. Uh, it's grainy enough that you're like, and I haven't got a beard, so you could be like, oh, that's not Joel, and then you go, there's a massive post that says Joel Don, and I'm like, oh, that's Joel, that's definitely. So it's a bit. It's but you know they they did release. So that's you sort of think, are we going to threaten to release it? And then they did release it. Yeah, when I when I went to the jungle, yeah, they released so, it then. Yeah. So they waited till you, you got a bit more famous. Again, fair play to them. Yeah, and this is like, no, this is the amazing thing. Um, your brother is like a, a good PR, right? Is no, it? no, it's not James. James isn't related to me. But oh no, no, yeah. oh, they're completely but... wrong information. <laughs> um, but there's someone who's got. A, is, is there someone? There's James Herring who used to work for Avalon, weirdly, and used to be. I don't know why I thought he was your brother. Well, because there are connected. Weirdly, I mean, because he got the same surname. <laughs> his family are from the same part of the country as me oh. originally. Weirdly, he went to school with a guy called Jeremy Herring. Who then directed? Who then, he then suggested to direct my plays, and I only got him to direct my plays because he nearly had the same name as me. <laughs> and he's gone on to be an award-winning, amazing director. He's very, really good. <laughs> so there's these weird co- coincidences with uh, with that name. But yeah, he, he used to work for Avalon, so I knew him quite a long. But yeah, he's got and his I, own. He's I, got his own PR company now. And I spoke to him before I went into the jungle. Oh, yeah, because um, the the uh, yeah. So I sort of I wrote the show about it before I went in to the jungle because I knew it was going to come at some point. So I was like. Oh, what I'll do is I'll sort of prepare myself a sort of arsenal of, of an hour of jokes about it. Yeah. And then, um, and at that point, it hadn't sort of happened yet. So, uh, or sort of come, come out yet. So I thought, okay, I'll do. But then that was the, why the decision was kind of even bigger for me to go into the jungle because I was like, it's definitely going to happen now because you know it's, it would be silly to not. Yeah. yeah. Not, and so I, um, and then I, because the, the, the Edinburgh show story was 
was, was just because I was trying to trying to find an end to it. It became really mad. So like I, I ended up because I went to the police and it was all that was all crazy. And I tried to contact the person and I couldn't really get anywhere trying to find the person. And so I ended up um, just uh, screen grabbing and uh, the picture and then uh, put it on Google image search. And I found the actual real person who was whose profile photo they stole. And um, and I messaged them, and they lived like down the road, and so like that they lived like a mile away from me in Greenwich. And so I was like, oh, so I messaged the real person whose real face it was, and I was like, look, I just to let you know someone's using your profile. Um, do you like? Do you want to meet up? And um, <laughs> uh, then... <laughs> I've already wanked over what I thought was you. <laughs> so you know. I, I reckon you're on to a definite shag if you want one with a bloke who has wanked over you. And then, then, and then we met up and then we dated for a month. Yeah. It's such a shit. It's such a. I know it's like, wait, wait, yeah, but it's genuinely like, a, it's, good, it's a good end, isn't it? How was it? No. <laughs> Well, I ended up... She, this is the bad thing. She ended up moving back to Russia, where she, she lived in Russia. She lived in Wales, and then she moved back to Russia, and then uh, we actually had Skype sex. Right. So that it went full circle. It went full circle. What a beautiful romantic, a romantic. story. If only you'd married her. I think your book would have been a lot better. Uh, but <laughs> Weren't you worried that that might be part of the real long con sting. <laughs> yeah. That yeah. they think, I think this guy will try and find the real girl, and then when he does, it'll turn out she's a super double agent. Go, she's going to go deep, this one. She's going to be in a relationship with her. And be a, then she'll move to, back to Russia, and then we'll get him to send all the money. Across. Weren't you worried about that? I, I should have. I, to be fair, I've been caught once, and I, <laughs> I should probably put my guard up a little. Yeah, I think you should. And then... I met my, my fiancé on the internet. So I just... There's no hope for me, really. So I met my current fiancé. I, I have to, it's bad to put current in the front of that one. But, um, but I met my fiancé. My current fiancé. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> the first person since Darren Dayton used that phrase. So it's... Uh, <laughs> But I mean, it, but it's I mean, it's it's great for as a comedian that kind of thing is sort of great. You'd already yeah. decided to do a show about it. I mean, you know, it's I can see when you've talked about it and I've seen you interviewed about it. You're genuinely still embarrassed about it. It's yeah. still an awful thing it's re- to it's happen. Really horrible. But it's very serious because these guys are doing this to people and you yeah. know, and kids are, are, are getting caught up in this and 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 killing themselves sometimes over this. That's stuff. it. It's like genuinely, like in school, it's like a mad. It's a kind of an epidemic, really, like because it's obviously an easy way to get money out of people. Like it's an easy like, and if you're a kid and you don't, you, you know, you're young and you're, you're embarrassed and you like, I'm lucky in the position. I'm I'm not a teacher or I'm not in a position where I could lose my job or anything. And so, like, if anything, I get more work. So it's, uh, <laughs> I can just. It's uh, almost like you set this up yourself. Yeah, almost like. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the idea of people watching me on Pornhub masturbating. Like it's... 50 pounds of video. <laughs> um, 
And uh, so it's like, yeah, I mean, it's all fun, but like, it's hopefully if anyone... I did get a lot of messages from people saying, this happened to me, it was really horrible, you helped me deal with it. You know, it's not... It's, it's, I'm not saying I'm a hero. <laughs> <laughs> of all the wanking men, you're the most heroic wanking man I've ever talked to. I'm wanking man! <laughs> but, you know, it is that thing. I mean, I, get, I sort of wonder whether we'll get to a point with all this stuff where people go... Oh, fucking... If the internet proves anything, it's that everyone does everything. Yes. <laughs> that people are disgusting. Yeah. Especially men, probably, but also, you know... Yeah, it's fine. You know, and that's... There's, you know, it's just the embarrassment of being caught. I mean, it's, if, you, if it is kids, you know, if, it's a, if, if people are doing it to 16, 17-year-olds, then you can't think, God, yeah, that would be so humiliating. And actually, since, but, since it all happened... The, the law is really tightened and like and actually like there's a whole department for it and all that stuff for just wank for wanking just wanking, <laughs> wanking <laughs> department wanking. yeah come in yeah we'll get, we'll get them badge. off the streets into a department <laughs> wanking department <laughs> just let me in I mean yeah oh. yeah it's you know you're disgusting <laughs> uh, <but laughs> <laughs> but the book which I've neglected to bring out with me is in the dressing room or maybe I should George go and find that book uh, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry about that stuff I said about you being incompetent before <laughs> you might, that might, this book might hit you on the head Joel as, as it gets thrown in uh, this is a little bit uh, I mean I was, I was saying before, uh, you, before uh, when I was talking to the audience that I've written a book that was quite similar about the year I turned 40 yes uh, but you've only slept with forty people. That's nothing. Uh, so, <laughs> it's, uh, but it's it is it's, a, it's an interesting book because again, you're very honest about your sex life and your failures and successes. And so, so it, the the idea of the book is it's um, you, you as a uh, child in your diary wrote that you well, a young man you'd had sex once and you yeah. were worried you weren't very good at it and you thought you'd be good at it once you had sex with forty people. Yeah, Let's chuck it across. Hit George. Oh, that's very kind of you, George. That was. The most competent thing you've ever done. Uh, so here is it's not me, it's them. Yes. Um, so it's it's kind of a it's a autobiography it's... that th- via all the women you've shagged. Yeah. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, and it's like you know because for forty, it, it like it, I just it's um, kind of the amount where it's a lot, but it's also by. By modern standards, oh, shit thing to say, but by modern standards, people are fucking mental now, and they go out and they just like with Tinder and everything. They like it's mad. Like people say, with so many people, <laughs> and so forty is actually not that many. But also, from a stand-up comedian's point of view, it's like it's. I, I also just use it as a framework to like you know, and it's like so. It's kind of like it's all tr- it's all true, but it's like. There's a, obviously a few fabrications in terms of trying to make it the, the right structure to make it work as a book. Like, yeah. it's how I put my shows together. And basically, I, I'm sure you write your books in the, the same way, but it's basically like writing 10 Edinburgh shows and then fitting those 10 Edinburgh shows together, yeah. essentially. I mean, it's, a, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting idea and it's a nice way of doing it. And it's, uh, you know, but I think there's, a, you know, you've obviously kept. Uh, a record of somewhere of the people, <laughs> a list of the, of the, which I think a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, it was not in like a creepy way. Well, you know, I didn't sort it of was have... like you weren't masturbating to that woman in a creepy way, were you? <laughs> yeah. it, was a, it was a romantic didn't have way. sellotaped hair and stuff like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I just, and then I framed it through, uh, the, uh, the idea is that I'm on a, um, uh, my first date with my person that I'm about to marry in September. And, um, uh, but, Currently, and um, 
I mean, it's not your first date is when we're about to get married in September. This is our first date. What? Uh, you, you, you've subsequently got together. Yes. And are about to get married in September. And it's, and it's like, I, I started writing that book probably when we'd been together for like six months and we've been together like uh, almost sort of uh, two and a half years now. And uh, so it's all still good. Yeah. It's like, good. great. <laughs> and um, so I, the end of the book is I, um, I just basically, I, I've, proposed to her at the end of the book and I sort of ripped out the last page and I um, got her to come come into the flat and she read the whole book she was like oh the last page is ripped out and I said oh, I'll come home I'm not really sure about the ending yet it was like the first draft and um, and I just before she came I put loads put loads of candles in the flat because that's what they did on Friends and um, <laughs> and, and then um, I uh, I put on a sa- I put on um, like a classical Spotify playlist because I thought that's kind of <laughs> Feels quite sort of nice, and um, and then uh, and I, had, I bought a candelabra. <laughs> <laughs> I did I, I, no, I just I bought a candle. I thought that's what the kind of thing you'd do. And then um, and then uh, just before she she got through the door, I was really panicked. Is that the music was so depressing <laughs> and so so funereal? And so I was like, okay. And so I I quickly changed it to sort of a soundtrack classical playlist. And um, and so she comes through the door, and it was much more better. It was like, I'll be, and she comes in, and I like I get down on one knee, and I read her the last page. And well, I go, honestly, this is true. As soon as I start to read, the, "Will you marry me?" the, the Jurassic Park theme tune comes on. <laughs> and <laughs> so genuinely, I was just like, "Will you?" I was like. It's beautifully planned. And, um, <laughs> so that's, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I was, because the book is, yeah, ends with, as, as you, spoilers, it ends with this proposal. I was kind of wondering whether you'd given the book to it, because my wife writes books, and I often yeah. leave them for like six months before I read them. <laughs> she writes so many now, you know. I just, so, yeah, I'll read it eventually. Like, well, you just sort of wait, go, hurry up, hurry up and read the book. <laughs> Because uh, yeah, I started comedy with your wife, yes. like right, like way back, like like eleven years ago. I remember we were like, yeah, it was me and Katie, and there was a few. Like few, we basically all started at the same time. We were all at the same gigs all the time. Yeah, and um, so it's lovely. I was, when you guys got together, it was very, very exciting. Oh. It's so lovely that it's all still great, and it's all like. And she's well, still around, you know. So yeah, cool. well, I'm still no, no, that sounded. I've bad. got, but like, I've like, you know, like, I mean, I'm as surprised as anyone. <laughs> it's just really cool. I, just, <laughs> it's, I, I think she's nice. a lovely person. Yeah, we've got kids. There's no escape. <laughs> uh, so there's nowhere. Also, I'm too old to escape. Uh, I know. So I, <laughs> in I, that jumper, you look like you've escaped. <laughs> <laughs> it's a prison I love jumper. her. All right, I love her. Shut up. I still love her. I love her more than I ever did. Idiot. (laughs) (laughs) Ruining my life by making me happy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I hope you're... uh, you're, So you get married this year? Yes, in September. Have you got any tips? Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Don't masturbate with other women on the internet. (laughs) That's a given. Uh, If you do, just try not to get filmed. (laughs) (laughs) Be one of those people um, who puts tape over the camera. Yeah, yeah. Fuck off. Do uh, what they tell you to do. Do what they tell you to yeah, do. Okay. Don't disagree with them. Okay, don't disagree. That should work both ways, but apparently not. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> I only have one child and really look after it. <laughs> we had a um, we had a meeting about the wedding where because we're getting married abroad, and um, but then we found out that we had to go to like um, a sort of. Uh, what, what do you call it when you go? You got to go to like a sort of ch- VD clinic. VD clinic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you have to go to a, a ceremony place where you have to sign the documents oh, yeah, yeah. before you go because actually the wedding abroad is not a we- it's not a wedding. Yeah, the old Mick Jagger excuse. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And so and um, but so then, but then I've, now I'm saying on a podcast, but I've, I I just said I said to her so I was she was like oh so we have got to sign the documents before you go. And because it's not, it's not a proper wedding when you're there. So I was like, oh, so basically we're paying for a play. <laughs> and she was like, don't call it a play in front of, in front of the wedding planner. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, we're doing a play ne- next year. Um, <laughs> this year. So it's exciting. Yeah, it's lovely. It's a, it's, it's, I'm really excited. It's a great, you know, enjoy the day. I think the thing is, it's, it's uh, you know, it can be so much pressure yeah. and organisation and actually you just you know I think it's, if you're going away that's a great thing to do because you should have a laugh yeah not too many people can come exactly yeah well there's, we've only got we've got 27 people coming okay that's and, right um, nice. and uh, because we, we picked a beach that could only hold 30 people right. <laughs> and so it was just we, yeah we immediately there's, three, there's still three spaces if you fancy okay. Richard Might I was come. leaving it open for you okay that's nice to know um, where's it going to be <laughs> in Mykonos okay yeah. yeah, and uh, so it's very, it's very exciting. We've kind of had, we've not, we don't really know each other. No. It's quite weird because it's like, like I think genuinely, I think you're the only person over eleven years of being a stand-up comedian. I think genuinely, I think you're the only comedian I've, I've avoided. Um, <laughs> but like, not on purpose. Like it's like I feel like we've just not, we've never crossed paths. I, I think, think maybe we did we a said one hello gig. I think it was a gig. I remember meeting you at a gig. Yeah, and thinking. You're a bit too good looking, and uh, you were quite. I, th- I could sense you were quite ambitious. I can't remember oh, what I'm it sorry. was exactly. No, no, but you were. But then that, it's that. That's not a bad thing, I don't think, because I think you need to be now. I think yeah. You're sort of driven. You were interested. Uh, Louisa, when I met Louisa Armelan the first time as well, she was just asked me loads of questions. About, yeah. You know, and I kind of thought, okay, yeah, she's going to do quite well. This girl. It's just well, hope, hopefully, it, I just. I mean, I just. I, I like to think that hopefully people. Think I'm a good enough comedian to 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 hold up my career. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that, but you have to. That's you, the worst you, you, thing I, you I don't think you, you can't do comedy now and no. be, and not be a good. That's it. And it's like it's um, yeah. Hopefully, uh, and even with the the jungle thing, when I did I did a, a huge tour after it, obviously, and because you sort of capitalise on that, and it was like 130 dates, and it was it was massive. It was so it was like my wildest dreams, and. Um, and it was great because I knew I had loads of stuff. I knew I had like, a, it was like an amalgamation of five Edinburgh shows worth all sort of put together. And, and what I wanted from it was people who hadn't seen comedy before, people who had never seen me do comedy before, hopefully will all leave and be like, oh, that's way better than I thought. That's, <laughs> and um, it's, uh, yeah, and I, I think hopefully what most people experience in my comedy is that they even think it was better than they thought it was going to be. <laughs> um, but you've been playing, you've been playing the Hamster of Apollo on your tours. Yeah. And, you know, so you, it's a big deal. And it's, and that's the difficulty now is building that audience. You either have to build an audience very slowly yeah. by, by going back and, and working really hard or, you know, or try and get that bump. But then there's no, 
get the people won't stay with you unless you've given them a good night of comedy. You know? Yeah. So that they, there's so there's a hundred comedians touring all the time. And so want... there's a lot of choices. If someone goes and sees you and has spent whatever they've spent. Yeah. And it wasn't any good. They're not going to go. Let's give him four more tries. Yeah. And, then... <laughs> and from my perspective, it was like I I knew that bubble of ridiculousness wasn't going to last. So it's like. Yeah, it was crazy at that point, but I want to be able to go on another tour. And if 50%, 25, 30% of those people come back to my next tour, I've still got a tour. Like, it's yeah. fine. I don't want it to completely... I don't want 3,000 people at the, the Hammersmith Apollo to walk away being like, I am not seeing that guy again. <laughs> Absolutely not. That would be quite impressive if you managed that, though. <laughs> that, that's, the, that's one way to go. I'll get 3,000 people in and piss them off so much. So much. They, he is absolutely <laughs> racist. Secretly, he held that in in the jungle a long time. How did he hold it in when he was so hungry? Hey, I want to. I want to. Don't. I should have talked to James Acaster about this a couple of weeks ago, and I didn't. But you were on Pointless with James Acaster. I was. Yeah. You did quite well to begin with, and then you had. You... Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at fifty dollars, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Bombed out. We really, we really fucked up real bad. You, you took some chances, and I admired that. Yeah, but it was stupid. We went, we went, we went, was particularly stupid. We, we went down, we went down in a ball of flames. Yeah, and it was, um, yeah, it was really fun because it was, it was a comedian special, and um, and of course because it was called a comedian special, and it's just like it's like a daytime show. Of course that. Sort of on Twitter, everyone's like, comedians never fucking heard of them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, 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 comedian, it's just supposed to be funny, Brexit. Um, <laughs> and, and so, uh, but it was so fun. And so we just, because I used to do the warm up on Pointless. Oh, right, yes, yes. I did that for like two years or something. So yeah. I felt like I was kind of like, it's like being back there again and I was part of the family and everyone's still the same. It was so nice. And, um, and we, yeah, we really, we really, I fuck, we fucked up. But like... Um, I just, because I watched the end and um, it's uh, Tom Allen and Ellie Taylor, I think, that get through to the final bit. Mm. And right until the last 10 seconds of the last round, Ellie Taylor is trying to get the highest scoring answer. <laughs> so she's managed to get to the final, into the final bit. 
And she's going, no, Andrew Lloyd Webber's musicals. Um, Phantom of the Opera, that'll be a good one, wouldn't it? That'll be high. And Tom Allen's going, well, well, quite a lot of people know that. She's going, yeah, that's, that's good, though. Yeah. Oh, she's going, oh, do we have to get, like, the lowest one? She's like, what? Is this not Family so Fortunes? So she got through. Someone got through to the final. I mean, it annoys me. I've been th- on three times and not at one. It's so difficult. Someone got through to the final. I didn't understand what the game was. <laughs> and they got a fucking pointless answer. <laughs> But yeah, it's frustrating. It was really, it was really, yeah, it was, um, yeah, we played an anarchic game. We sat down. You were very, that was fun. You all sat down. We all sat down. Richard just, Osmond stood up. It, yeah. was, it was very good. Was, I always thought it was, you know, he's just, he's so, so tall. <laughs> I'm over it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, well, uh, let's, well, let's quickly talk, talk about, um, you and Nish Kumar, you kind of you, te- you managed to team up with a lot of different uh, of these comedians of yeah. your generation. So you and Nish, who we had on quite recently, replaced, he was a replacement for someone who couldn't turn up. Really? Yeah, we wouldn't have had him on normally. <laughs> uh, and um, <laughs> he's a very good comedian. And you'd, you're, you're, um, you'd, you'd going around the world. To get, is there, are there any more of those? Joel and Nish Fingers versus got, the world? They, yeah, I think so. And that's quite a nice job, isn't it? Oh, it's really fun. Yeah, we um, we kind of uh, we started it when um, you know when when travelogues weren't being done so frequently, and um, and uh, basically, if you don't know, it's like John Nish versus the world, and um, and it's we basically go to all the fittest tribes in the world, communities in the world, and try and keep up with them for a week, and. Um, and it's, it's amazing. We like just go to the most insane places. Uh, although on the third series, they've told us that, that budgetary-wise, we will not go to be going to such insane places. <laughs> uh, we may be staying in crazy Europe. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, uh, but we... <laughs> and so... Uh, but it's about, like, you know, we went to, like, Mexico, and I had to run this, like, ultra-marathon. It was, like like 35 miles, 33 miles, something. And then I tried to do it in sandals, and then I was just, it was horrible. And, Why um, did you try and do it in sandals? Is because that's what just, they would have done. That's in what they Greece. did, yeah. yeah. And so yes. it's like, because I've got this thing where I like really like, I, lo- I love doing the fitnessy stuff. I really love going for it and doing it. And Nish really loves laughing at me. So it's like a perfect, <laughs> perfect team. But did team. he do the run as well? He did, well, he joined in on the run in the last four miles. It was a, okay. Honestly, that was the most amazing episode. Like, that was the most insane episode for me out of all of them it's on netflix if you want to see it it's so good and it's um this this uh, tribe called the tarahumara and they're just insane incredible runners they're naturally amazing long distance runners and to the point where sort of americans have gone keep going there and then uh, since the 80s they sort of found this tribe and they've <laughs> tried to sort of take take advantage of them really and like put them in give them sponsorships and try and get them to run race but then that's all really messed up and stuff and um, and then uh, they're just incredible. It's so nice, and they really cut themselves off from the world. And I, they have this drink, and I think it's called Pinole, and it's basically it's like a, it's their version of an, an energy drink. And they all drink it before a race, and uh, um, during the race they also hand it out to have a sip of it. And it's so you're supposed to have a sip. And Nish, the <laughs> night before the race, he would sort of we did a scene where he's like, Joel, I found you put some Pinole. I've got some, it gives me a bottle of it, like a volvic massive bottle of it. And I think it, I thought it would be really funny to down, uh, to down it. I thought it would be really funny in the scene to be like, to drink it and be like, I feel amazing, yeah! And I did that, and I was like, fine. 
And uh, then we all went to sleep. And I woke up in the morning and I shat myself more <laughs> than I've ever... I shat my insides out. There was no... There was no insides left. It was... I, like every, I would leave the toilet and I'd be like, OK, cool, I'm absolutely fine! And just keep shaking. And like, it was insane. I've never had it in my life. And, um, and basically, I didn't know, but it's actually a diuretic and it's, like, it's got like, oil in it. It's like, like really bad to drink loads of it. And... Um, and the thing was, they then their their sort of their, their traditional dress that they do these running these running races in is like a white skirt. <laughs> so they give me this white skirt to go in, and I'm I'm like literally like I'm standing there, let alone re- running for 32 miles, and I'm like I'm gonna shit my white skirt before the start line. And so I'm in this like white skirt, and I'm like oh, I'm not gonna shit myself. And Nish is just going like ha ha Brexit, and. Um, <laughs> And, and he's just like laughing so much and then we, we start the race and I'm like, I'm, I'm like all I want to do is just not shit myself by the first corner and the embarrassment of going like God, this is the guy who's travelled from England to just join in this race they've never had it before a guy come in and join this race and I just go God, and he just goes and shits everywhere and, um, and luckily I literally I waddled to the first corner and then it kind of and then the doctor gave me loads of stuff that sort of makes you not shit yourself. And um, and then I I sort of continued running. And then it kind of there was a few times where I thought I was going to do it, and then I didn't. And I ran the whole like thirty three miles. Nish helped me for the last. And I, there's, I I love running. Like I love running so much. And it's like if if you it's such a mad thing. Like it's something something about it because it's so repetitive. And that's obviously why it's bad, but it's also there's something that's so brilliant about it because it makes you just think about stuff and it clears your mind and it's, and it's like so wonderful. And it's also so weirdly emotional. When I've done marathons in the past and, the, and that one, I like got to mile 25 and I just could not stop crying. And then I got to like mile 26 and I wanted to shit myself again. <laughs> and I was basically like shitting and crying for the last four miles while Nish was just running beside me. And I just was crying my eyes out every time I walked past. Like, the, and the, 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 the guys were so lovely. The whole town was so lovely. And they were cheering me on. And every time they would cheer and be like, go. And they'd hand me some panola. I'd be like, no. <laughs> and, uh, and, I ju- and then I finished the race. And I was, in, like, I was in tears for like hours. And, um, and then, then uh, annoyingly, because he'd give me so many pills, to, like, I didn't shit for like three days. <laughs> they gone completely the other way. And, um, and, but it's, it's, uh, that was one of the most amazing experiences yeah. of my life. It's such an amazing thing to be a part of. I wonder sometimes whether it's as amazing to watch as it is to be in it. <laughs> Do you think it was the shitting yourself that made it special? Or yeah. 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 I think it was. And I don't actually think they really sort of contained it in the episode, to be honest. They contained another... Basically, on every episode... I don't know whether this is interesting or disgusting, but the, um, on every episode, someone in the crew or cast shits themselves profusely right. because of, obviously, the places you go to. And we went to Peru, and, um, and I, I just one of the f- funniest moments I've ever experienced in my life... Uh, I, and at the start of every episode, Nish basically goes... I, I go like, where are we, Nish? And Nish tells me as if I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> and and um, cause that's our dynamic, and it's fun. Like, and Because I'm like, what's Brexit? And he's just like, oh, well. And, and, then, and so I go, where are we, Nish? And he goes, oh, we're in Peru, Joel. And he'd just been had this mad stuff. And like, we just set up this shot. It was the most beautiful shot. I had this beautiful, massive crucifix in the back, which is like overseeing this huge, like, vista, beautiful mountains. And it took like hours to like set the shot up. 
and we get we start walking down. And we go, I go, uh, go so where are we, Nish? And he goes, we're in Peru, Joel. And we're like, oh, just runs away and just shits himself in the bushes. And you can just hear it on the microphone. He's like, ah! <laughs> Honestly, up to this day. And they kept that in the episode because that is the funniest thing. You can't get funnier than sort of shitting themselves in the introduction. <laughs> There's a bit in your book where you... I mean, there's lots of bits in your book about this sort of thing. There's a bit in you flying back from I'm a Celebrity and you shit yourself on in business yeah, class. Yeah, I shit myself in business class. Because you ate too many cheesecakes. Because I... Yeah, the doctors tell you to not eat dairy. Um, and so immediately I got out and ate two cheesecakes. And, um, yeah, and I just vomited everywhere. But it was so soon after I'd eaten the cheesecake, it still tasted like cheesecake. It's nice. <laughs> and you'd been eating uh, goats' testicles and penises before. Exactly, yeah. So, you know, still, that's, that's still better than that, isn't it? Was it was horrible, but I was still like... I was like oh, 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 mm. <laughs> it was delicious. Is it, that, is it that bad eating animals' testicles? It's actually not that bad. No, I, it's, it's all right. I hate to say it. It's actually not that bad. Yeah. Like, you... You, you're so hungry by that point that you just will eat anything that's not rice and beans. And this is the thing that everyone... For years now, everyone is like, oh, yeah, you get snacks, though, don't you? You get snacks on the side. <laughs> and, um, but you don't. You just, yeah, I, they, they don't even tell you in the show how... They, like, they can't convey how hungry you are. Like, it's insane like, how hungry you are. And um, you just talk about food. or Basically... The Armour Celebrity Get Me Out of Here that you see on television is basically what's left when they've edited out you talking about food. <laughs> that's essentially it. That's essentially and it. you get to sleep, though. And that's why that I, I, I'm now quite tempted to go on because I'd actually get some sleep. Yes. You slept, you slept the best some... sleep you'll ever have in your life. The guy from uh, Diversity slept for 23 hours one day. Yes. <laughs> yes. That just sounds like... Hell. I mean, like, if you can just Honestly. literally allow to stay asleep, doesn't anyone come and poke you and say, you've got to do a challenge, mate? I'm asleep. Fucking amazing! He's so tall. You just always see this massive leg over the side of his hammock. You'd be like, "Oh, he's Jordan's asleep again." It's um, it's like it's yeah, it's mad. And I try to not sleep because I'd just go into the Bush Telegraph and talk instead. Yeah. And um, but it's the best sleep you'll ever have in your life. Like because you don't have coffee, you don't have sugar, you don't have like you don't have hardly anything. So it's just like completely it cleanses you of everything. Yeah, I'm going on. You should go on. Just you should go on. Do you think you like? I know you you, you would, but you you do great. <laughs> like you'd do great. I mean, you've got other stuff going on, but like, you know, I think you're a nice man. I am. You know, what I mean, yeah. no, I'm real. I'm realizing now I shouldn't have avoided you for eleven years. <laughs> but you're a nice man. I'd, I'd just, I'd just, I'd like to eat the insects and the testicles and stuff, but I can do that at home. Yes. <laughs> To get them all, true. order them in. Just to see if I can do it. Oh, yeah, I can do it. It's fine. That's true. Not a problem. That's true. You just order them in. Just order, order in some, some insects. It'd be like the, the, guy, the delivery guy would be like, have you got testicles? All <laughs> right, I'm going to ask you an emergency question. This is one I've kind of not got written down, uh, but it's, I think it might be interesting to you. Um, John Ronson was on, and he was doing, he's done a podcast about uh, in the porn industry now, because it, they don't make much effect, money. Yeah, yeah They, they uh, do... Uh, they do kind of tailored porn to your yes. to your particular fetish. If you could have, I mean, it doesn't have to be an actual fetish, but if you could get porn stars to do anything, the weirdest fetish that you could think of, and they will do whatever you say that isn't currently available on the internet. What would you choose? What do you think is not catered for? For me, uh, there's not much. Um, 
porn involving ventriloquist dummies wanking yeah. people. <laughs> and so I would happily pay some porn actors to do that for yeah. me. Not, I'm not interested in watching it, just be interested in it happening. Do you think there's a fetish that's not... Have you got a fetish that is not uh, capable? No. Um, if there's anyone who would answer this question, it should be you. <laughs> yes. Yeah, luckily, the fetish of myself is already taken. <laughs> yeah, that's already taken. It's quite easy to find. Um, and uh, uh, being a guest on a podcast, wow. that fetish hasn't really... That's a real... <laughs> that'd that... be a grey one. All right, come that... on. <laughs> if you're lonely, man, if you um, could I just run me up and said, I'm, I just want to be wanked off, I'd have come around and done it for you, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't... Yeah. It's a hard question, it's a hard question. Well, literally. Here's an, here's an easier question that I think the answer is yes to, and I haven't asked this for a long time. Have, Joel, yes. have you ever tried to suck your own cock? <laughs> yes, of course you have. <laughs> How did yes. it go for you? Obvi- obviously. Yeah. Like any man that hasn't tried, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking... What are you doing with your life? Like at some point someone's gone like, nah. <laughs> oh, no, I can't. Um, like, but then I, I wish I had... Well, the first time I ever tried, I would probably... like. I mean, if you'd been able to do it, you wouldn't have gotten all that trouble, would you? That's, that's probably. That's it. I mean, I probably wouldn't have done anything. No. I wouldn't have, wouldn't have got a job. I still, I wouldn't be doing this. I wouldn't have written a book. I definitely wouldn't have written a book. I would have got nothing done in my life. I, um, it's at that point where you, you're sort of, it's exciting in your life where you found this new toy and, like, you're suddenly like, what? And I just, yeah, you, 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 of, course you, of course you try. When I first found masturbation when I was 14, I then uh, fell off my bike and broke broke both my wrists and was in a cast so two casts so I then I then was I just found this thing and I was like oh shit uh, and so I just I mean you're 14 so you still do it you just sort of you know you sort of, it's sort of grated away with two casts absolutely fine <laughs> hopefully that won't be as, as graphic to the, the podcast listener you know it's being filmed, right? It's being filmed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Secretly filming you. Yeah. I want fifty pounds, or this is going out on the internet. Um, what is the what's the worst thing a teacher ever said to you at school, or did you? I'll ask you as a man because I. Um, that, that a teacher used to, used to say, "Mark my words," and I was like, "That's literally your job." <laughs> um, um, the um, uh, yeah, I I I like. Yeah, I'd, uh, um, I think comedians all had teachers that were like, oh, you're not going to amount to anything, and all of that stuff. But um, I, always think, I always think the worst thing in school, like, I, I, like I, I wish I went to school in America because they leave on the bell, you know, because when the bell goes, they grab their stuff and immediately go because that's what they do in the movies. But in England, you, like, you try, like, we've all, we all try to leave on the bell. The bell goes, we grab our bag. But in England, they always go, oh, no, you leave when I say, <laughs> not the bell. And you're like, well... Why didn't you get rid of the fucking bell? <laughs> get yourself a watch. That's why. It's I good think. that you kept trying, though. That's the thing. The bell always went. You always tried, and they said, "Always oh, tried." The bell is a signal for me, not for you. Yes, yes. <laughs> You're like fucking some fucking loud signal. That it's a very distracting signal for a group of thirty kids. <laughs> get a text now. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Right. Let's look. Old school emergency questions. So I left my new school emergency questions book backstage. Um, uh, uh, well, this is a good one. I've never, I don't think I've ever asked this. This is 111, if you're following at home. What is your favourite keyboard shortcut? 
<laughs> F4? <laughs> what does that do? Oh, I have no idea. <laughs> I have absolutely no idea. I don't, I don't really know. I don't really know. I don't really know. You don't really What's know yours? Uh, am, I, am I allowed to flip I, your emergency um, questions? I like uh, Control-Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete. I, mean, yeah. I was doing that with my hand. I was like, what's this one? Because this one's my favourite. It's Control-Alt-Delete. <laughs> Control-Alt-Delete. Control-Alt-Delete. I, like, uh, I like the ones... I can't remember what they are now, but there's one that will mm. get you, can get you e-acute straight away without you having oh. to toggle through everything. Without really having to go to another web page and copy and paste yeah. an e-acute from somewhere else, which is what I usually do. Yeah. But you can go and find that. But I think there is a. I think there's buttons. That you... I love. Uh, I love it when you uh, you accidentally press the. In, is it the insert button that means it sort of goes back on itself, and so like and you're typing and then it won't. I don't really know what it does. To, and then you're like ah. And then I'm almost. I'd say probably about five to ten times in my life I've been like my computer's broken now, <laughs> but I didn't realise I accidentally pressed that button. Yeah. Well, once you got kids, my daughter managed to change. Uh, the pound symbol, like you know, yeah, I know what the pound symbol. Well, <laughs> yeah. Not the pound, not the not the old way, but yeah. the, the currency, the old currency that will disappear. <laughs> yes. yeah, once we go back into the EU, you know the pound. Um, she's managed to put that on a different button, and I can't work out how. She just went, <laughs> and then now I've got to do what I used to do for the hash symbol. It now makes the yes. pound symbol. I've got two different computers, and they do it differently, and I can't. So I feel like they are probably going to actually just make the pound signal a hash signal. <laughs> signal. That's going to be like the international currency. We're all going to go together. It's going to be like, um, yeah, I reckon I can have that bagel for hash pounds, please. Yeah, that would be good. That could work. That could work, actually. Do you wash your legs when you're having a shower? Mm. Yeah, yeah um, probably. Um, yeah, no, my, yes, I do. And I'll be... My favourite part of the shower... I don't know whether it's going to be one of those things where a comedian says a thing and then, uh, you know, the, the, the mark of a good bit is when you say an observation and people go, oh, ha-ha! <laughs> and of a, a bad one is when you say something and everyone goes, no, it's just you. And uh, I, when I wash myself in the shower and then before I get out, I just get all the water off my legs and I go, shum, shum. <laughs> and so much comes off. Yeah. And it feels great. Because I feel like I've just done so much of the towels job. <laughs> That's my favourite. So okay. I feel like that washes most of my legs. I'm sure that does. That I sounds do like a very efficient, efficient wash. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's... I basically... I try to save on the towels. Okay. One more from here and then we're going to go back. What is time's, time's moving on. It's moving oh, on. Not as quickly as it did with last week's podcast, but still... <laughs> Fine. It's fine. Maybe we oh, won't look, speak for another eleven quite, years. Have you got quite small feet? Yes, size seven. Oh, I've got size. I'm, yeah, I'm sort of like six eight, and a half. I'm so, seven. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of eight. So that's I considered that small for a tall man. That is small. Yeah, it's honestly it's hard to stay still up on a windy day. It's yeah. just like it's um, they're yeah they're very small. Like and they look, um, but they I, look fine. Then. I quite like I quite like it. I think it's absolutely fine. Yeah, um, they're smaller than my feet. That's yeah. I've got very small hands. Oh, I think you've got, I've got normal you've got, you've got hands. regular big man's hands. Yeah. Um, I'd rather have small feet than uh, small hands, because no one really notices the feet, but the hands. It's true. A baby's hands on you. I mean, when you notice it, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah, like, why has he got a little hands. girl's hands? What's that? They look like normal size next to your feet, and that's it. <laughs> that's it. If the... you were in the film The Cobbler, <laughs> and you had a magical cobbling machine that... If you cobbled the feet on there and then put the shoes on, you became that person. 
What person with size six or seven shoes would you become if you could become any person? For this, I understand you do need to know someone else's size six or seven yeah. shoes. Yeah. It's unlikely. I, I'd say, well, mainly women. Yeah. I think with size six or seven Well, it would make more sense because there's a bit where Adam Sandler, who has size maybe 11 feet. Yeah. Uh, the only way they can get him to be a woman is for him to do quite an offensive, certainly in the current climate, uh, transvestite, I think, maybe, or transsexual person. Uh, and so he becomes like an amusing man dressed as a woman and that is quite offensive, yeah. unusually for an Adam Sandler film. <laughs> it's ins- <laughs> He's insensitive to quite an important issue. And then tries to cover up by going, hey, we're all the same, though. I hate fags. No, come on. I don't hate them. I just don't want a dick in my mouth. Come on. <laughs> um, that's him not... Don't boo me. That's Adam Sandler. That's just every Adam Sandler film. <laughs> so it'd be good. You could effectively do that film and be women. Yeah, I would. Yeah, it'd be great. And I do... And I, me and or my, small girls. Me and, yes. Like, Children. Give me a cheer if you've got size six, six feet. It's just three hey, women. It could be... So. It could be uh, you got a size six feet as well. Yeah, we got could, choice. Uh, there we go. I could have your life. It'd be great. It's like great because me would and you think my Joel pe- would prefer to be you than himself, or do you, who do you think has got the better life out of the two of you? Uh, be honest. Joel. No, you're wrong. No, it's you, Lou. It's you. Um, <laughs> I've read his book. He's disgust. He's literally disgusting. It doesn't matter that he's settled down now. I mean, I, you know, you you could say this is the pot calling the kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> He's literally the most disgusting man. And I've had a champagne bottle put on my anus. <laughs> He's still disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. Make, he makes that seem charming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd make it into a video. What do you think is the, <laughs> the worst... Uh, what do you think is the most disgusting story in, uh, in your book? Um, I mean, they're not all you being disgusting. There's no. Those are other people it's, being yeah, disgusting. Well, look, yeah, it's usually... Usually it sort of turns around and it's not... It's yeah. not, you know... It shows me to be an idiot, not the other people yeah, that are in nice. it. But um, uh, a girl pissed on my floor, yeah. like, once. That was really horrible. I talked about that on stage a lot, but it's like... Um, yeah, there was a Tinder date, and then she came over, and she was really drunk, and then just... She pissed on the floor, and... Um, I mean... Accidentally, or just uh, I can't be bothered to go to the toilet. I or, just, you didn't, or you refused to tell her where the toilet was. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was like, I haven't got one. You'll have to go there. I live in a prison, um, and I uh, yeah. She she pissed. She pissed a lot. I woke up about six o'clock in the morning, and um, and because uh, I just was like, well, just go to bed. Here, it was weird, and. Um, and I just had to go to bed, and then she went to bed, and I slept on my floor, and then I woke up at six in the morning. She was pissing very close to my head. <laughs> and um, then, I, yeah, then, then I was just like, I didn't know what to do. And then she, 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 she just sort of went back to sleep. And then I went back to sleep, and, um, yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, and, uh, yeah, then we. She, she actually, I, I cooked her breakfast and drove her home. <laughs> Genuinely, I did that. And um, then we went on a second date and I shot on a carpet. Um, <laughs> I, I, did do, I didn't do that last bit. But, um, but yeah, that's probably the most. That, that yeah. was a real bit where I was like, this is horrific. Again, it's another story where you're like, oh no, this is bad, but it's going to be stand up. <laughs> it's a great stand up routine. Because when I was dating, Tinder didn't exist. So the yeah. last time I was dating, and like MySpace and Facebook had just sort of come in just in my last year yeah. of wonderful freedom before <laughs> I finally fell in love. Uh, and 
So it must have really changed the, the yeah. dating scene. So, like, in a way, to only sleep with 40 people if you're a sexually active person is kind of it's insanely not, nothing. It's like, it's not. That's the mad thing. Yeah. And it's, um, it's changed everything, but it's also, like, obviously for the better and obviously for the worst. Like, there's so many different... Nobody, like, like, values anything anymore. So, you know, where you would, like, go, talk to someone across a bar and take, get the confidence up to go and speak to them and be like, oh, my God. And that tension and excitement, that's gone now because, like, if you kind of... You don't have to do that anymore. You just have to do that with your thumb, and that's fine. And, uh, and now, you know you would be like, oh, their eyebrows are weird, but I love them so much. It's amazing because it's, I'm probably not going to meet another woman ever again. <laughs> Whereas now they're just like, well, I'll, I don't like their eyebrows. I'll get a better eyebrow one tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so It's sort of like Groundhog Day. Yeah, it is. So like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like people do get stuck in that thing. And, and um, yeah, so it's not... It's not but it's you not do, but it's still... I think it's still what nearly for everyone that kind of lifestyle eventually wears yes. you down. I mean, sometimes it wears you down for a bit and you go back to being monogamous yeah. and then that wears you down for a bit and you go back to being a slag again. But yeah. eventually, <laughs> eventually you, you know, eventually you sort of hit a, a point of realisation that it's... Yeah, it's not, it's like, yeah, no, I mean, what you realise, isn't it, Richard? Nobody's happy. <laughs> um, no, so it's like, yeah, so everyone's just kind of, yeah, no, no, the grass is, it's, it's like, it's always greener for those two people because like, they're like, whoa, and then the people who are in relationships are like, oh, no, I wish I had Tinder back in my day. And, and not you, but like the, I, um, no, I do. you know, but people, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but like, it's But I also think, we know, I think in my, you know, I was, I wasted so much time. I was alone so much of the time. Yeah. In my 20s, you know, I was alone all the time. Because I was working, and then I was too shy to talk, yeah. you know, to, to chat to people. If there'd been like a way of talking to people online, I, that would have been okay. You know, it would have just been nice for the company well, as much as anything. It's good for stand-ups because I yeah. think stand-ups aren't like I think in that same way. I'm, you know, people assume that you're an outward person and that you're really confident, and that you would go up to someone in a bar and be like, "Hey, what's going on with your life?" And um, or something from yeah. not the 1920s. <laughs> and um, and uh, but like I. It's I, we're not like those people, and no. that's why we're stand-up comedians. It's because we're awkward, weird people. Whereas those dating apps actually kind of gives you, it gives you a level playing field from because the, the people who did well it used to fucking annoy me so much. The people who would like get the women that you were like you was really interested in were the people that were the fucking dickheads. The dickheads that were the ones who just go over and be like, "Hey, what's up?" <laughs> and um, and I was like, "Fucking on. I'm a nice seems, man." Seems, seems like you could have done that, but you are great at it. The two yeah. two times you've gone, "Hey, what's going on in your world?" I don't know why, why I want to have sex with you now. So <laughs> we can have sex. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's um, but yeah, it's uh, and but with comedians, we it was nice because you can write something funny. Yeah, yeah. and then. But you also, you know, I really, what, I, did a, I did a show where I, I dated 50 women in 50 days, so I sort of did Tinder mm. before Tinder, and it was just like going out with people who were friends of friends. But it actually go, oh, actually, this is a great way to, this is a better way of doing it. Because, yeah. right, you know, you're meeting lots of people, and then eventually you will go, oh, hold on, you know, I found someone. Or, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's the looking really seriously or like waiting for the right person to come along or sitting, waiting for, in your own house, waiting for somehow for yeah. love to arrive. You know, if you get out there and just have fun and meet people, and that and doesn't mean you have to you, have sex with everyone, but it just is... Yeah. You just go out and meet people, you will find someone that you 
that you like. And, and you learn stuff about yourself. Yeah. To, sorry to get deep on it. But uh, I think the more big dates you go on and the more sort of... If you have sex with more people, then you kind of, not in a bad way, but you kind of that you kind of if you you kind of realise what you want and what you don't want, and then you sort of you sort of cross it off the list. You go like, that's not something I want. I, that, I want that in them, but not that. And you don't want to be too picky. But then I met my person I'm getting married to, and I was like, that is that is, that is everything I wanted to put. That is all of the best things of anyone I've ever met, with none of the bad sex. Yeah. And like, and I love her. She's the best. Just you wait. Uh, so it's just, just wait. Just you wait. That's nice, yeah. it, it just gets better every day. That's what, that's what you're going to find. Just, it's better every day. No, it's good. I, w- I, wouldn't, wouldn't go, even, I wouldn't... Even, my, even if Katie died, I wouldn't go back. <laughs> you'd try and suck your own cock again, though, would you? I would. No that chance. Horrible. No chance now. Yeah, it was horrible as what I said. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, my wife, she doesn't really have a sense of humour about stuff like this. So it makes me keep on saying it more. <laughs> it's good. I'm, such, I'm just a, a lovely person at home, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> oh, bless you. Let's cut this out. Let's cut this bit out. Uh, so it's... <laughs> um, well, look, hey, you... you um, you're going to, are you touring? You're in the Netflix Comedians of the World? Yes. Which must, has that made a big difference to things? Yeah, kind of, yeah. It's, uh, well, it's, it made a big difference. In the, so there's the Netflix half-hour specials, which were put all over the world. And, um, and so it was me and three other comedians from the UK did it. And, uh, and Nish was one of the other ones. And, um, and it's been great. It's, really, it's kind of made a difference here, but it's also made... <laughs> Uh, it's ma- I mean, it's made a difference in the way that people from Brazil go, when are you coming to Brazil? And I'm like, never. Uh, and, um, but it's, uh, that's kind of the main difference, really. But again, it's like we talked about, it's that thing, like you could do projects like that, which kind of hopefully gives you the sort of, that you can walk that path well in terms of then you can, those celeb things that yeah. you, you do, like I'm a celeb kind of balances it out and you go, I've got... Half an hour of comedy of Netflix that hopefully is of a caliber. But because it's everywhere, like. you can you know you can go to America now and, and sell tickets in America. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's. I uh, mean, if you do, are you doing? Have you have you been to America before? Yeah, gone? I'm going to go there soon, and I'm going to do a little bit of it. It's not. Yeah. I I love the comedy circuit here, and I love I I just love it here. I think it's so like just such a wonderful petri dish of brilliant talent, and Edinburgh is like such an amazing thing. That the rest of the world doesn't have the other circuits all around, they just don't have that, and it's so it makes everyone so creative that we that it's just it's so great for us, and um, and so I love it here. I just love it here, and I, so I don't want to go and make go to make it big. And I just not, I've not no. got any interest in that really. No, I never had an interest, and luckily they there was no interest. <laughs> but you know, it was a mutual lack of interest. <laughs> but, uh, but no, you know, I, well, I thought let's crack the UK first. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I'm, you've got to keep trying. You've got to keep going. You've got to keep, 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 keep hustling. See how it goes. Um, well, there was loads more to talk to you about. We could talk a little. You all right after that piece of set fell on your head? In, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, look at the scar. It's like mental. Oh my God. It's like proper big. Yeah. Um, I was doing a, a TV show in, in Australia, uh, the after show of Amsterdam, and um, it was just a windy day. And um, luckily I was sat down, otherwise I would have fallen over with my small feet. But. Um, <laughs> The, um, the, the, just a bit of set that had been there for three years. It just blew over and smashed me in the head. 
And I just, it was the look on the crew. Everyone was like, oh, like everyone was looking at me and I was like, oh, I think I'm okay. And then I felt the blood coming down the oh side of my, my head and my neck. And I was like, I'm going to die now. <laughs> this is the way I'm going to die. And um, I, I genuinely, I, I think it's one of the only times in my life where I was like, I thought I was going to die. And, I, and it was also, it wasn't just me and everyone. I was like, you're going to be okay. Everyone else around me were like, oh, I think this guy's going to die. <laughs> I think this guy's going to die. He's going to die in front of us. And, um, and, uh, and then I got, went, to, went to the doctors and it was kind of okay. And then, and then they sewed it up and then I went on live television the next day. Did he? Any, any effects afterwards? Any, like, superpowers? Or yeah. It's... Now you can be, you've got the powers of a piece of set. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I have, an, I have an incredible talent to uh, host live television with a slight concussion. Um, no, it's, uh, yeah, so that was amazing because, like, all of the, I mean, ITV shat themselves. <laughs> and, um, but everyone was very nice, they were very nice to me. And so it was, yes, yeah, it all worked out all right. You didn't fine. see if you sued them? No. For, damp, for emotional no, damages? I think, I think it's, you know, just like hopefully they'll keep me going on the channel. Yeah. Well, that could be your bargaining chip exactly. now. Exactly. I'll okay. sue him when I stop working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just threaten, just threaten, threaten to do so. Um, cool. And so you're going to be touring the UK as well this year? Next year, next, next year. Because I toured all of last year. And so, yeah, I'm going to go um, start next year on another tour. And, um, uh, yeah, I'm, like, writing it now. I'm going to go to Edinburgh to do, like, a work in progress for two weeks. Cool. And... Um, and just sort of work that up, and um, yeah, I'm really, I just, I'm really having fun writing a new show. It's really fun. Good. Well, I look forward to. I'll come and see you in Edinburgh because I'm going to be up there. Please do. doing, doing this stupid show as well. So oh, I'd love to. Let's all get, love to let's see. Let's, let's hang to... out. Let's, let's, let's hang out and make up for the last eleven years. Yeah, let's see. How that that's, goes. You know, that's that's really try. <laughs> that's our what best. this is. I just meet people for an hour, and again, that's enough, isn't it? It's friendship. That's <laughs> yeah, that's enough. Yeah. If I like them a lot, they can come back a second time. Yeah. That's how it works. <laughs> so uh, this is my social life. <laughs> there's loads more to talk to you about. So you know, there's every chance. I haven't talked about Sienna Miller. We could talk. Oh. about Oh, that's that. great stuff. We're not going to talk, about, talk about that. I'm not going to talk about it. We're going to hold that for, oh. for the second. They all want to know. When you went into the jungle, had Trump just been elected president or just he, made president? He'd just been, uh, he'd just been made president the night before I went in. Were you so, worried that uh, you were going to die in the jungle in well, a nuclear war? Yeah, because well, it was just a mad thing where it was like a reality star had just become a president yeah. and now I was just about to go to a reality show yeah. and I was like, I'm going to become president. That, if, if anything, it made my, me have lofty ambitions. <laughs> it's good that you saw it that way. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, please give a massive round of applause. Joel Dobby! <laughs> We're back next time. Les Dennis is on next week. Would you like them sky potatoes? (laughs) 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Thanks for listening. RichardHerring.com slash gigs. GoFasterStripe.com for all my books, downloads, all that sort of shizzle. Oh, yeah, I know all the cool words. And... Um, would love to see you on the on the Can I Have My Ball Back tour if you can make it. Bye.